This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Nissan has been committed to the EV game since 1947. Their EVs have traveled 8 billion miles. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. From the North Pole to the Formula E track to your co-worker's garage. Put the electric at EV with the Nissan Aria and the Nissan LEAF. Visit NissanUSA.com to learn more. Nissan. EVs that electrify. This episode of Americana Music Profiles is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's leading online therapy platform. The mission of BetterHelp is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient, so anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime, anywhere. BetterHelp offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board-licensed professional counselors. An extensive study by the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute found BetterHelp to be as effective as face-to-face therapy. And now for a limited time, when you access BetterHelp, you will receive a 10% discount off of your first month. To activate this 10% discount, use my link at betterhelp.com slash Americana. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. New Zealand singer-songwriter Graham James takes a contemplative look at life in his latest album, Seasons, due out on April 1st. This multi-instrument artist is also a producer and took advantage of his talents in the creation of this new project. Graham joins me here on this new edition of Americana Music Profiles as he talks about the process of putting together this new project. Hi, Graham. Welcome to the podcast. Delighted to be here, or at some distance, but yeah. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us, and, and some distance is, uh, is, is an understatement. <laughs> um, uh, wh- where are we talking to you from today? Uh, from The Hague in the Netherlands. All right. Uh, that yeah. is that is a bit of a distance. Uh, what what uh, yes. uh, I've got a eleven a.m. here as we speak. What time is it for you? I think it's exactly exactly six hours on the other side of the yeah. Atlantic. Okay. So yeah. the um, it's a it's a five o'clock and uh, yeah yeah that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, New Zealand um, home to you for a while, or were you born there? What what's what's home? hometown for you 
Oh, I, yeah, it's hard to say these days. But yeah, I was born in New Zealand, and um, uh, but I, I have a bit of Dutch heritage uh, through my granddad, mm-hmm. and so I have dual citizenship, which oh. means I can okay. I can live in live in a bunch of different places, and uh, currently we're living in in uh, the Hague, in the Netherlands. But yeah, I think um, I'm a reasonably bad Dutch person, and that my language skills here are super average. Um, <laughs> but if everyone's English here is incredible, so I feel slightly less bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I, um, of course technology and and the ability to connect like we are today has changed a lot of things but mm. uh growing up as a younger person uh throughout the 70s and 80s and and not being able mm. to communicate with people in other countries you you mm. uh, don't understand really how many people speak the english language even if it's a variation of it uh how many how easy it is to communicate like this uh, between countries. Mm. Um, and and it, be, it is a little bit rude. <laughs> but I, it's like, it, learn it, this ridiculous language, everyone. <laughs> it, 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 right, right, yeah. Um, tr- true, yeah. And I don't know who's, whose fault that is. Um, but I guess to our defense, uh, we came here speaking it. So it's not a, this is true. This it's is not true. a U.S. problem <laughs> for a change. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, exactly. we, we we can't own that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> when when did music become a thing for you? Is it uh, lifelong? Yeah, lifelong. So my family's always been, uh, yeah, really musical. Um, and I started. My parents asked me if I wanted to to play any instruments when I was about five, and I started um, miming. The, uh, the actions of playing a violin and I thought oof that sounds like a bad idea <laughs> yeah. so they just they kind of let that slide and then two years later I was still wanting to do that so they thought okay let's let's give this a go and then they had to put up with the obligatory three years of yeah. awful noises <laughs> um, and uh, and then yeah things just carried on from there at what age did that morph into uh, a career playing for uh, something more than just your own entertainment kind of thing. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a bit of a journey actually because I I started out as a classical musician, and then um, all throughout high school that was kind of my thing, and I wanted to be a concert violinist, playing in orchestras and all that. Um, but I had a few repetitive strain injuries from too much violining and kind of uh, bad posture and things. And they never really resolved themselves. So I just ended mm. up giving up on that. Went to uni, studied things that had nothing to do with music. And uh, but I started uh, writing songs. I uh, picked up the guitar, taught myself a few songs, and then immediately started a bit of songwriting while I was at uni. And um, after many years of playing the violin, I just... I just kind of let it sit in its case for a couple of years. And then, um, yeah, picked up, uh, there'd always been a bit of folk music in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a family folk band when I was younger. Hmm. And and so that started uh, kind of re-emerging. And then I picked up a loop pedal at one point and... Um, yeah, then it, all the pieces kind of fell into place. I was like, ah, oh, the violin. I play that. Hmm. And, and so I was able to combine all these uh, kind of disparate parts 
of my musical identity into one thing. And uh, yeah, it's great. I think I read where you spent some time as a street musician. Is that right? Using the loop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. totally. So yeah. the first two years of my um, it was kind of an improvised career, this is around about 2012, um, were, yeah, basically exclusively street performance. And I would, uh, I was living in a different town at the time, so I would go down to the, the capital city of New Zealand, which is uh, Wellington. I'd drive down there and then play on the street and, and um, I'd, I'd usually play into the, to the wee small hours of the night mm-hmm. and then sleep in my sleep in my car and do that a couple of nights and eventually make my way back um and then ended up just um not through any kind of a deprivation but uh, ended up um just spending a couple of weeks and there uh just playing on the street and sleeping in my car and i mm-hmm. thought i should probably like just do this actually so i moved to wellington uh and then I went on tour, and basically, at the time, my touring was just basically finding different streets <laughs> around New Zealand. <laughs> so it was very organic. Uh-huh. Um, but but uh, street performance is brilliant for um, proof of concept, and uh-huh. uh, I was able to, even in, in, in those times, I was able to get people to stop and to engage with what I was doing. And so even though it was pretty raw and... Um, a bit rough and ready that there was a, a sense that this might be a good option mm-hmm. moving forward. Have you always been able to pursue music uh, as a source of profession or have there been other things that you, you do along the way? Yeah. Well, when I start, when I, the busking was actually like somewhat lucrative. Um, so when I, like I was studying electrical engineering mm-hmm. at the time, and uh, just as a student and, and whatnot, and I ended up dropping out of that in my third year to become a, a musician, hmm. which <laughs> a little bit, little bit ridiculous. Um, but I had a good incentive to like make it work, which is that I wanted to eat food. <laughs> um, so you know, I just, I just make it work and go out every day. Um, and if it was raining, I'd go down to the train station and and play there and and so right from the get-go there wasn't really a plan there wasn't a plan b Uh, and i think because there wasn't a plan b i just i I was able to make it Mm -hmm. um make it happen and then eventually it it moved more indoors and then around the world when did you find your way into the studio and and feel like you had enough material that you were happy with to record um, it was, I think it was probably about a year and a bit into that journey. I, mm, okay. I was traveling down to, traveling down to a place called Queenstown, which is kind of the Aspen or, um, Whistler or of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of a ski, ski resort town. And it was during the summer. It's just like, it's a beautiful mountainous, uh, kind of place with lots of lakes and, um, I was playing there, and I actually met a, a met a magician from Boulder, Colorado, hmm. uh, like an absolute veteran. He'd just been traveling around the world for years, wow. and he said, "You need to make it. You need to make an album." Um, 
And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> great, great idea. Yeah. Thank you, magician. Uh, and I did. Uh, I, went, I went back to Wellington. I booked a week's worth of studio time. I had virtually no idea what I was doing. Um, huh. But I had a very patient sound engineer who helped me to put together this album in absolutely no time at all. Uh, and, yeah, it was. I then took that. This is kind of when CDs were still vaguely a thing and I, I right. sold a bunch of them on the street and I would get messages from people saying hey this is amazing this was our soundtrack to our road trips and uh -huh. wow, and cool. um, and eventually it actually some of those tracks got picked up by Spotify a couple of years later as well yeah which was very surprising given how I was not at all confident in what I was doing but I think it ended up being a bit of a vibe so. yeah we're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Did you um, play all of the instrumentation on that recording, or have some studio guys that you worked with also? Yeah. No, it was it was completely uh, completely me doing my thing. So the first album was a cover album. Um, so the, actually, the first two, because when you're when you're performing on the street, um, you've got a much better chance of stopping people if they go oh what is this what is yeah, this right. yeah right yeah um so that really allowed me having those two cover albums under my belt really allowed me to kind of almost serve an apprenticeship in the studio mm -hmm. um so by the time it came around to releasing my third album which was a, an original album i was able to kind of have the ground running and yeah it's actually only in recent times that i've started in, um involving a whole bunch more uh, musicians mm, in the studio mm. have you always performed as a solo artist or have there been times where there's been a quote band involved <laughs> um i I've, i'd often play a couple of songs with my wife during the set she's a yeah. wonderful uh -huh. uh, uh songwriter and vocalist um and so we'd, we'd do that but to be fair, there was just so much touring and moving around um, that there was really not that much of an opportunity to uh, to involve people, or at least I didn't take the opportunities mm -hmm. that were there. It's actually only recently, um, this is kind of your classic uh, musician COVID experience. You're like, oh, yeah. I should do things differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably everyone you have on your podcast is like, and then COVID came. Right. Um, <laughs> So, but for me, it was I, I hooked up with a bunch of uh, people here in a studio, and um, we made yeah, just started making some some cool music together uh, of a whole bunch of different genres, and then um, ended up uh, yeah, with some, a bunch of collaborations um, through that. Uh, turned out that my accountant was also like a wonderful drummer. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so, like. <laughs> And it like he had never done anything like this before, but like um, there was a, a track off the off the um, the seasons album, and like it ended up getting featured in Rolling Stone, and they specifically mentioned his drumming as being like oh, that's cool. completely outrageous. So like yeah. it's just it's a yeah doing things with friends is a, is a real buzz. Yeah, yeah. Um, what inspires you as a songwriter? What uh, and specifically for the new album, which you mentioned, mm. Seasons, D did you create 
the songs uh, specifically for this record or, or go back through your library? Um, so I think the majority of them were written, uh, it was an interesting project because it ended up being written, like I came up with the idea for it pre-COVID okay. and just kind of sat and wrote um, a lot of stuff based around seasonal themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you, you, yeah, the, the Netherlands is, it's not like, it's not particularly extreme in terms of its seasonality but it's a whole lot more seasonal than New Zealand mm-hmm. um, just because of the deciduous trees as opposed to the evergreen ones in New Zealand. And, and you know, you get a bit of snow in winter. And, um, yeah, the seasons are just, were just so much more distinct. And so that inspired this kind of songwriting, yeah, process. And um, so I, I think there's probably only one or two songs maybe even none <laughs> that were kind of, uh, yeah, like possibly one or two songs that were like, Oh, I think this fits into that theme. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of, it was just kind of writing and then, um, yeah, just using the seasons as a metaphor, uh, for various kind of, um, aspects of, of human existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of songwriters, singer-songwriters, are kind of limited to one instrument. That's the one that they've always played, guitar, maybe piano <clears throat> kind of thing. Um, being a multi-instrumentalist, when you write songs, do you do you incorporate the other instruments and the sounds as you're creating? When does when do the other when do the other instruments sounds come into your writing process? <laughs> it's a really good question. I wish I had an amazing answer, but um, <laughs> I think I I end up um, I end up just often just going back to whatever's lying around uh-huh. okay. uh, at the time. So it's like I have a couple of go tos, and they're basically a baritone ukulele that I've done awful things to in terms of its tuning, um, and that's always just lying uh, like uh, lying around, uh-huh. and then. Usually a guitar. I mean, there was a few sort of songs that were keyboard or piano-led or mandolin-led, but mostly it ends up being just just playing around with chords and looking mm-hmm. for interesting mm-hmm. inversions and something to kind of spark that process. Um, but I'm I'm basically like every other <laughs> singer-songwriter <laughs> at the initial stages. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, no. uh, uh, which comes first, the melody or the words? Does it, does it have a, uh, a message? Yeah. Uh, it's, for me, it's almost always chords and then some sort of garbled melody. Um, it's kind of usually gibberish based around one or two uh-huh. kind of uh, phrases and then discovering what the song is about. Yeah. Um, I don't tend to go into uh, probably 75% of the songs that I write. I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm writing when okay. I start out. Interesting. And then the clarity kind of comes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is, this is a song about this. 
and and it will start that way and and kind of track its way through to the end. But often I'm discovering uh, things about the song and about myself as I'm writing them. Uh-huh. Hmm. Interesting. Um, the album is Seasons. We are talking <clears throat> early March. I think I saw the release date on that is April 1st or right around there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And singles are out already? Yes. Okay. And yep. um, so. um, video, have you have you been able to do some video with these two? Yeah, yeah. So the, um, the Everlasting Love, which was the, the first single, I was in Rome recently and uh, managed to um, find a, a brilliant local videographer to kind of... Uh, follow me <laughs> making making assorted uh street noises yeah. <laughs> uh that was really fun yeah and then um yeah the, the next one is going to be uh, based here in, in the hague yeah um it's it's an autumn theme song and it's very much winter so i'm gonna go find some leaves and throw them at things before, uh, <laughs> yeah how, how far out are you thinking are you are you already working on the next project or, or not quite that fast um i think no, I, I yeah. Also, a good question. I think I um, there's a lot of kind of other background things going on. So I started writing songs, but I'm not really sure of the direction. Hmm. Uh, like I'm, I can be very uh, enthused about many different things. So I'm like, like for uh, about a whole month, I was pretty sure I was going to go down some sort of indie folk rock kind of path <laughs> and, and then you're like oh that's actually not that not that good an idea and and so i, I think uh, i'm i'm just going to sit on things for a while after yeah. this and yeah and and just just i think i need a bit more time to percolate yeah yeah cool how can people get in touch uh get a copy of the record listen to the videos uh watch the videos yeah listen to the music what's the best way to do all that well, it, um, it'll all be out on Spotify and uh, and all the various streaming services and Graham James, so Graham with the weird spelling, but G-R-A-E-M-E, mm-hmm. James. I think it's um, it's a tricky one because there's a, um, if you spell it the normal way, which is with the Graham, mm-hmm. and you end up with a, a lot of news articles for a... Um, pedophile hockey coach in Canada so not such a good <laughs> not such a good vibe don't want to go down that path <laughs> don't go down there he's a terrible musician as well uh, no um, so um, yeah so that uh, yeah Graham James TV on uh, on YouTube and there'll be some vinyl coming out in the near future cool not quite timed with the release but yeah. Um, yeah. later in 2022 yeah awesome well, thanks, Graham. I appreciate the yeah. um, uh, chat, and um, always good to connect, uh, make these instant connections, and, and learn about music in other parts of the, yeah. the country, from us at least. And so, we, we oh. certainly wish you well with it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Greg, and thanks to the listeners. And yeah, we'll uh, see you around. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 